1: You're listening to The Noble and Roosh Show, brought to you by Ball is Life and Dash Radio. Welcome back to another episode of The Noble and Roosh Show, hosted by Ball is Life. I'm your host, Bruce Williams, with my co-host, Zach Noble. And today, we have a special guest in the building, former front office man and assistant general manager for the Brooklyn Nets, and currently a Twitter capologist and more. Uh, Mr. Bobby Marks is in the building. Bobby, how are you doing? I'm I'm good, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Doing great. Um, it's just another day. My uh, my dog accidentally ate a uh, marijuana edible yesterday oh. that did not belong to me, and so yesterday was was a wild, wild ride. It was like straight out of a movie. Um, unfortunately, but he's okay. He's good.
2: I, I feel your pain. I went through a. I, I have a Pomeranian, a rescue dog, and it felt like we, we went through this period, like this three month stretch, where she took a bite of an onion which i didn't realize was probably one of the more dangerous things Very toxic, that you could yes. uh um she ate uh easter candy um chocolate yeah but not you know i mean there's worse things probably for sure and then uh the kicker was she ate sugar free gum which has an oh, ingredient in there that yeah so she basically got her stomach pumped for like oh, 3 God. months straight and uh she was a regular at the uh at the uh, at the er but she is a uh, she's alive and kicking and stuff, but yeah, you just, it's, it's funny. Once they get a hold of something, they don't, I mean, they don't really
1: care. (laughs) It's it's insane, man. We had someone staying at the house that had one that I just didn't know that they had one. They had a backpack unzipped and you know, he's, he's a little 13, 14 pound dog nosy snooping around and he got to it. But the thing was, he got to it before we went to sleep. So I had no idea. I just woke up and my dog and I were spooning as we typically <laughs> as we typically do, right? But I when Roosh
0: opens with that store, I was wondering where you're gonna go, Bobby.
1: When when I move him in, in the bed, he usually like gets up and finds a different place. But he wasn't moving, and I was like, this is not normal. And I looked at him, eyes rolled in the back of his head, and he was just couldn't stand. Anytime I took him out to, to pee, and he just laid down and went to sleep. Oh. Any, anything I did, he just laid down and went to sleep. Funny funny thing though. When I took him to the hospital on the way, he was slumped over in the passenger seat, just stoned as a brick. And uh, I was at a stoplight next to a Chick-fil-A and the aroma from the (laughs) Chick-fil-A got him, right? And so he he was just out cold, couldn't move. And he smelled that Chick-fil-A. He got right up and looked out the window and I was like, okay, that's my guy. So
0: that's some real (laughs) California stuff right there.
1: There you go. But he's doing all right now. Um, So all's well and we're good. But regardless, there's a lot to talk about in the NBA. Um, and so, Zach, I think you wanted to, you had something you wanted to kick it off with.
0: What do we want to kick this off with? So, um, I kind of wanted to go into being you have the front office background. Uh, March Madness is happening right now. Um, do you still follow the draft closely? Do you think you have a good grip on the draft? or
2: Yeah. I mean, I usually say like, uh, you know, my, my time right now, a lot of it spent um, I'm in my writing phase where um, pretty soon in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be start pumping out these off season team articles. So it's like, I'm, I'm in my, um, you know, I'm focusing on writing. Of course I watched college basketball. I watched a tournament. Um, am I up to speed where Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz are? Probably not right, right. now. I, I play I usually I play catch up um leading up to the um you know the the up until the draft just because I'm on the show, all right. So there's you know, uh, there, there's a knowledge there. Um and then the other thing I do I do also um is that one of the things I, I help prospects prepare for the draft, you know. So there's, know that. A, there's a there's a part there where I am helping them with their interviews uh, through you know through various different agencies here. So um, yeah, I mean I mean we we kind of know the names, right? The kind of the big, I guess the whether it's Chet Holmgren or um, you know Jaden Ivy from Purdue has kind of you know flourished onto the scene and um, you know um, Jabari Smith from Auburn. So there's you know there's certainly the the bigger the names are out there, but yep. you know we'll start hearing you know, as this tournament goes on, we'll start hearing more, more names. I, I think the one thing you have to be always cautioned for is that you can't get wrapped up what goes on in the NCAA tournament. I think, it's, Really. I think it's part of it, the scouting process. Okay. Um, I just think that there are so many uh, case studies um, about Malachi Richardson. I always think of him, the kid who played at. Yeah. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, Like who had a good tournament and then gets drafted, I think by Sacramento, I want to say, um, and then you know, basically, it was a you know three yeah you know, three years or four years, and we never really heard from him. So I think it's it's part that of more
0: Sacramento though, or is that Malik uh, yeah, Irish?
2: I think it's a little <laughs> bit of both, probably. Yeah. Um, I, I think you just can't get it's it's part of everything, right? Like how do how do these guys react in an elimination game, right? Um, part of uh part of the 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 process here um that we're that we're watching. Yeah, I mean, if a guy's a you know a surefire stud and he's lighting up a tournament, yeah, that that will certainly help them uh, a long way.
0: Definitely. So I appreciate you sharing that background. That's interesting to know. And um, I'll tell you, my top 10, I'm feeling pretty confident in as we go. And it's always interesting to hear um, the more draft people I talk to about how much they value the actual March Madness. Uh, Because it can be one game, it can be six games for some guys. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's the biggest stage they'll ever be on. Um, and they should be at their peak of the year. So, I mean, it's got to mean something. Um, And you definitely see the Malachi Richardson, the Derek Williams um, from Arizona back in the day. My Timberwolves really screwed up Kyrie Irving there. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, the list goes on. But um, for me, I mean, I think the Tier 1 this year um, is more clear than ever. There's four guys for me, the Chet, Jabari, Jaden, and Paolo. Um, what are your thoughts on those guys? Is there one you have above? Do you have any order at all? You'd like to put them in? Um, that's just kind of where I, I thought the last few drafts has just been a clear number one. Um, but, um, yeah, that's,
2: yeah. I mean, I think you're, I think you're right on. Uh, you know, I would have, it would have been interesting if, if Iowa would have made a nice run here. Right. If, if, you know, Keegan Murray maybe jumps into that conversation a little bit here. Um, they win the big 10, they get eliminated in, in the, um, in, you know, in the first round. So that would have been a name that I think he's in probably in that next level, that probably that tier B, um, would he have maybe jumped in there? I think it's going to be fascinating just because the teams that are going to be picking in outside of probably outside of Cleveland, of course, it's going to be a lot of the same, you know, familiar faces here. We're going to see, um, Detroit, we're going to see Houston again. And as far as what you know usually it's always about drafting you know best available um you know we've got some bigs we've got a guard here uh, you know what happens if um if jane ivy is staring at houston right and you know do you, do you know what do you do with porter jr and Jim, I, I, right? Can, right? I can like, answer that i need <laughs> him and next to go ahead That's- give it to me because i i just actually just finished writing well not i'm not done with their off-season article i i wait until you know, that we're heading toward the end of the season. And like one of the big things for me is Porter Jr., right? Like, I, and I, I you know, you, the more you watch him, and I said this um, a couple of weeks ago, being a guy who who grew up in New Jersey and down at the beach and on the Jersey Shore with the boardwalk, it's like, my, my, um, Kevin Porter Jr. feels like is like those, those boardwalk games, right? You Love spin it. the wheel and you're like, you don't know what you're going to you land on. You don't know right? what you're going to get. Like, you're <laughs> going to get a great pass top of the key jumper or some fan in the front row is going to get hit in, in the side of the face with a, with an Aaron pass. Right. Like, I, I just, I don't know, like, you know, so like, and he's extension eligible, right? Like, what do you, like, what you you, know, do you have enough body of work? Do you trust the player. There's so many different factors in there. And I think that's going to be the interesting dynamic is if some of these teams that went either went big last year, or if it's, you know, Detroit with Cade, um, you know, like it, there's like fascinating where, it's almost it like who they pick is a domino effect, right? You always don't want to, you just want to pick best available and then you worry, right? Like, what happens if one of these bigs are staring at Detroit and you've got Sadiq Bay and you've got Jeremy Grant, you know, you've got guys already kind of in position there. Um, it's that's, you know, that's the beauty of, you know, that's the beauty of the draft happening before free agency. And that's probably a sure. discussion that we could. Have another time there where you're, you know, you're filling a need, and then you're going out and filling a different need in, um, you know, with the with free agency. So just a quick yeah, as theater, a Houston guy,
1: forward. as a Houston guy, I'll say I value. I think I value Jaden Ivey over Kevin Porter Jr. Um, the Volatility, right. huh?
0: Easily, damn yeah, right. The, vol-
1: the volatility of Kevin Porter Jr. on a night-to-night basis, and then the mental, just the mental toughness is not yeah. there. And I see it. I mean, I watch all 82 of the Rockets, Bobby, if you see me on Twitter yeah. at all, it's, it's, I do a lot of rocket stuff. And um, I mean, one night you'll get, and, and it varies quarter to quarter. I mean, he'll start a first quarter, 8.6 assists, no turnovers, hitting the three ball looking great. And then he'll disappear or he'll randomly roll his ankle. He's been doing this a lot lately. He'll just roll his ankle and kind of get out yeah. of it. He'll get subbed out. This happened the other night. He got subbed out, got upset about it, forced his way back in the game. It was really awkward to watch, um, and you can just tell that the mental, the maturity and mental toughness is not there. Or if it is, it is, it just varies night to night, quarter to quarter. And if you're really trying to build a winning culture and a winning team and winning habits next to young guys like Jalen Green, Alperin Shangoon, and so on and so forth, yeah. I don't think you keep a Porter around unless you. Unless I think his best chance to flourish, at least with respect to his current situation, is as a sixth man, Allah, kind of like a Karis Levert. I mean, he's inefficient. He has big games. Uh, he also has poor games. The one thing is his shooting's become better. He's shooting thirty-seven percent from three on about five, uh, I think six, maybe attempts per game. Um, and so, yeah, it's six at six point three attempts per game. So he's shown some improvement. I don't want to give up on it, but he's about to hit restricted free agency, and I just don't see many suitors for him. So I think the yeah, Rockets. Yeah, can... there's I,
2: there, there's a big difference. You know, when when uh, Houston made the trade with Cleveland, you know they basically took back, you know, what, like one five, one six, you know, like he's on a rookie contract. And the funny thing with Porter Jr. is that he didn't even get, you know, you can, when you do these rookie scales, you can get, there's a base number and then you get 120% bump. Um, Mostly everyone gets it. I would say 99% of the first round picks get this 120% bump. Porter Jr. didn't get that. Like he basically got, you know, a couple million less than what he could have earned. And there's a difference when Houston trades uh, a top 55 protected second round pick and inherits one, a guy on a one six, $1.6 million contract to paying him like real money, like real money, like lot, three years, $36 million, like, like, like that. And I think what you have to be careful with is A, do you have enough body of work and then B if you ever had to move that contract, can you trade him? Like that's, that's going to be, that's the big thing. And that's where I'm, you know, that's where your head and and all, all rookie scale contracts, unless you're, you know, the, you know, Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell and these big names and Trey young and um, guys who get deals right off the one free agency starts, right. They're locked up to these mass deals. Like there's a reason why a lot of contracts don't get done until that Monday before the start of the regular season. Right. Like those, in between guys because you really don't have much leverage players don't have much leverage in um in extension talks because the team is not bidding against anybody right there's they're not right. they're not bidding against an offer sheet they're not bidding against cap teams with cap space they're really just kind of bidding against the clock on that um that the monday before so so yeah, me, i think you just yeah go ahead let me yeah. stop
0: you there then because it it plays out in the public. Like the player has so much leverage because they all get these extensions besides Deandre Ayton, who might've deserved it as much as any. Like I've personally been on the side where you have all the leverage, like you're saying the team does. So why not say prove it one more year? Who cares if that player's mad, you're going to be able to pay them more money.
2: Yeah. And that's the interesting thing too. Like (laughs) like Michael Porter jr. is. I mean, we're on the porters here. So we'll go Michael Porter jr. Now. I mean, he's an interesting, Great third year, right, uh, in Denver. Um, we know the history of the back coming out of Missouri. Um, and then he gets, you know, he, he, get, he gets max. He's a max player. And the, four, the fifth year is partially protected, but there's clauses in there where if he earns all NBA or based on how far the team goes, it will kick in. But he's, you know, he has surgery again. You know, I'm the same, like the, the back flared up. And that's another case where if you're thinking like, well, why don't you just tell, you know, like prove it, right. like give me another year at that, especially had a. um, Are teams just know, scared, you think? Yeah. I think what teams look at too, is I think they look at, I think people teams are still freaked out from the Gordon Hayward situation in mm. Utah. Uh, I mean, that I was like five or six years ago where maybe even longer where Hayward signed that, um, that offer sheet was Charlotte at the time. And it was for less years. Got a, had a player option in there. And, you know, a couple years later, you know, Utah, he, he opts out and he goes to, to Boston here. So I think there's, I think there's teams that are scared somewhat scared it out. I think eventually the qualifying offer comes into play where, th- you know, teams don't want to lose a guy. So he'll sign a one-year deal, become an unrestricted free agency uh, and restricted free agent. So, but I think just with this landscape, this off season, like, uh, Detroit, San Antonio, Orlando, Indiana, Portland, those are your kind of your cap space teams here. So I do think you had a little, you had more leverage here. I mean, going forward, it might be different here, but yeah, we, um, you know, there, there always has to be a give and take on these, on rookie extensions, right? Like, like Kyle Kuzma is a good example too. Like when Kuzma signed his deal, um, I think it was, yeah, last year, like it was, you know, three for 39 or three for 36, whatever numbers. Well, it's a good number, but on a trade-off, he has, he's got a, um, a player option, right? So, like, they had him on a good number, player option. It works for, for both sides here. So, um, But it is a, fi- a fascinating dynamic as far as, yeah, the team's got leverage, but all of a sudden we see, like, eight deals happen, right? Like, right as, as soon as that weekend happens right before the season starts.
1: So I want to use that to kind of naturally segue into I think what we want to focus on talking about today because I, pretty interesting, um, and I think you would be probably the best person to sit down and have that conversation with. So I kind of want to focus on young cores around the league, yeah. and you know we can evaluate them, discuss them, whatever you want to do. And since we talked about Kevin Porter Jr. and since I am biased to the Houston Rockets, let's start there. Um, what are your thoughts on their on the current young core? Who do you think is included? in Houston's young core. Cause the whole, I mean, half the team is, you know, may or may not be legally able to drink. Um, and, and who do you, you know, see them, at least in your eyes, who would you add, um, to the young core with what should be hopefully another top four draft pick this season? Yeah,
2: I mean, I think, um, you
1: know,
2: I think green and Sangoon definitely. I think they're part of the core. I mean, we talked about, um, Kevin at length here. So do you want to equate him there? I I don't know if I'm ready to, I don't consider him a foundation piece. Um, the other two, I agree.
1: I think you can, you can, you know, build around that. Um, well, I think it's interesting because they have Kevin Porter Jr and Christian wood. Yeah. Christian wood is 26, but he's right. He's really, you know, it's a second real season. Right. Um, and they are the leading they get the most touches and they get the most usage, but they're also the most volatile and the, and the biggest question marks.
2: Well, and that's the other thing with Christian too. Um, and I, you know, I'm there, I have some, a lot of th- about him is like, you know, he's extension eligible, right? So are you comfortable giving him a four year, you know, 70 million, $80 million plus deal, um, to build for it, or what happens if you draft a big, you know, like possible, you know, um, so I think I I don't, I, I know he's putting up numbers. I know the, the game the other night, he goes for what? 39 and hit seven threes and stuff like that. But like, like I want to see it like more. <laughs> yeah. I want to, like, I always say, like, I, I give Detroit a lot of credit how they're playing right now, because although they've been eliminated a long time ago, like, like I want to see guys in meaningful minutes when games matter, like, I want I don't want to see it when you're down 20 and certainly Houston's played better since the, I think since the all-star break, but I want to see guys in meaningful minutes and um, before I'm willing to commit like these Buku dollars to, um, to a guy like Christian Wood. And I think the interesting date for me for wood um, is going to be, I think August 6th. And, and why I say that is because like, once that date passes, if he's in play to be traded, that team won't be able to extend him because of this, you know, the six-month restriction uh, as far as you know, from, from that perspective
1: here. Can you, and can you elaborate on that for people that aren't familiar? Are you saying yeah. that he cannot be ex- if he's traded after August 6th, he cannot be extended by the team that trades for him?
2: He can be extended, but he can't be extended for the maximum amount, which is 120% off the average player salary. So it's basically it's, he's getting a, a extended you know, um, 5% off his current number. So he the maximum amount that um Houston could have given him or a team that acquires him in you know July is different compared to after um you know after you know that that August that, that August 6th date. So I think that's going to be I think that's going to be interesting as far as what they do but um you know they've got two picks, you know, the the Brooklyn pick um is is going to be around 15 or 16 or maybe even maybe something yeah, it's happens. looking good yeah something happens and somehow they're sitting at home when the playing is over i don't think that's going to be the case but yeah i mean you've got two picks you've got these younger players here i just think the the one thing the west is teaching us is that like this is going to take a while right like this is like it's fair guys are going to You know Porter Jr. and Murray are going to be back. Be back in Denver. Kawhi and Paul George are going to be back in Los Angeles, right? So um, I just think you're going to you got to hit on your draft picks, man. Like that is like that is so so key. And I think you did with um, I think what you did what you did last year. I mean, even you know Christopher, I like. um, There's there's parts there. It's just a matter of just you got to keep on building off it.
1: No, I mean I think I agree with all that. Um, I think Houston has a lot of tough decisions to make. Specifically with KPJ, with Christian Wood. Still got to see Usman Garuba hit the court. He's really had a, a very limited uh, rookie season. And then they've got to figure out what they're going to do with guys like Eric Gordon, um, you know, Dennis John Schroeder. Wall.
2: I mean, John Wall basically will control a lot of what happens, I think. I think, what do you thing, mean? really? Yeah, I, I, think, I think for Wall, um, what's his buyout number? Right. Like that's going to be, you know, does he, he doesn't have one yet, obviously. I, I know. I mean, is he willing <laughs> to take, is he willing to take a $20 million shave? I don't know. I don't, I don't you know, think I, so. I don't, I don't because think I, don't, so. I, don't, I don't see him. I, the only way I see him earning that back is basically in two years. Right. Team would give him the mid, the, the, $10 million mid level. So, like, so, I mean, is he, I think there's got, eventually, it's going to be, have to be some closure to this. Right. Like we're not going to go through this. E- I don't think we're going to go through this again as far as year two of John wall sitting
1: out or I will, Bobby, I'll say, I don't, I think Houston would be prepared to enter that situation. I'm not convinced John wall is ready to play ball the way. Well, quote unquote play ball uh, the way that he has. So we'll see. I don't know. Do you, do you think that he's going to make a fuss and, and make it more of a public situation?
2: I don't, I think if, um, I'm surprised he I, hasn't already. I, I think if he does not, I don't think you, I think if he's not traded or if there's not a, a resolution, I think there, there could be, cause now you're talking about, now you're going into the second year of a guy who's basically, you know, on ice. Um, and I think there was a, a um, there was a spot, a point last year where he would have, I think the Rockets would have welcomed him back, but not as a starter. Like, I think if he would have, you know, Steven Silas said, Hey, we're gonna we got 15 to 20 minutes for you. Right? This like is like the Dennis Schroeder. It's the yeah, exactly the Dennis Schroeder right now. This is what we have. He'd be on the roster right now. But he views yeah, himself crazy. as a starter right now. And I think that's going to be the interesting part as far as who out
1: there needs a starting point guard. Well, there's, yeah. there's just not a there's not a trade market for them the no teams there's no want...
2: trade market no i mean it be, you know you basically gonna have to take back what like 38 39 million dollars in salary. Con- yeah i mean they they'll find the same you know you know resistance you know that um well although i think john has a little more value than westbrook in los angeles right like um like and that's the other thing too is like people are saying, why wouldn't you just trade westbrook for wall and be like well you're gonna be in the same position <laughs> like, you're gonna have to do a buyout anyway you know like you're it's all the yeah. same unless you're getting. Yeah, I mean, unless you're getting a number one pick in 2000, whatever 27. Then well, the, the
1: yeah. only way that Houston would do that trade um, is to get that 2028 pick, and I think that uh, after July, I forget the date. At some point in July, I think the Lakers 2029 pick. Yeah,
2: once away. the draft starts, actually, okay. then you look ahead. So 20 so 2022 is no longer like you. Everything gets pushed back, so now we start with 2023. And then twenty, yeah, twenty-seven and twenty-nine, then are in are in play to to be moved. Have
0: buyouts been around forever? Like, because I feel like they've only been prevalent like the last seven years or something.
2: Well, we, I mean, when in New Jersey, I think we're still paying Dikembe (laughs) Matumbo for his buyout. I mean, that might have been the big. We we acquired Matumbo in um, we went to the finals and got swept by the Lakers, and when Shaq was dominant. You know Shaq and Kobe four zero sweep, and we had figured that we needed an, you know we had Todd McCullough who was a nice player, but we needed a down low big defensive player of the year, and we went out and got Mat- Matumbo, and he went up. I think he broke his hand, and he was. And no, we wanted to play in San Antonio the following year with Duncan and Robinson, and he wasn't really much of a factor. And we wound up buying. Yeah, we bought him out that year. Yeah, I think he had like twenty five million dollars off his contract. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, I mean they're. I think the, the bio market is probably one of the more overrated points of the season here. I think people get caught up with the names. I think some of it is more of a, just an insurance policy for teams like, you know, Dragic, uh, Gordon Dragic in, um, in Brooklyn is an insurance policy for Kyrie, you know, and we're and for Ben Simmons. I mean, that's the, re- I mean, la- everyone lost their mind last year when, Blake and Lamarcus Aldridge went to Brooklyn, and Andre Drummond went to the Lakers, and the system is broke, and we've Mm -hmm. got to fix it and stuff. And you know, Aldridge wound up retiring at the point because he had that medical condition. Blake had some good minutes here and there. He was Um, good um, last. Drummond, Drummond basically lost his. They didn't have a role basically. You know when the you know when the playoffs started here, so um, they've been around. But I just think nowadays the names are probably a little bit more well-known than they they were in the past.
0: Let me ask you this. If you were given the opportunity to take over any job in the league, not named Milwaukee, not named, um, let's say, Brooklyn, um, and, yeah, let's just say those two, what team would you take over? What would be the most fun for you to run and Trying to make it into a championship team.
2: Well, I mean, the Zach Kleiman in Memphis has already done a good job. So I, I'd hate to take over his job because I'd probably screw it up. So I mean, what they've been, what they've been able to do there is, is pretty remarkable, right? I mean, it's, you basically transition from the, the, you know, the Zach Randolph, Mike Conley error. Um, and no Phoenix and, for you either. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and that's too yeah, perfect. You, you got, you you know, you got ja at number two, right? Like there's your foundation guy, right? Yeah. Um, and then to be able to build through the draft with other parts, whether it be Desmond Bain at 30, when you make that trade with Boston, um, you know, um, you know, Dylan Brooks, um, Dean Melton, you going to trade, um, you know, um Tyus Jones sign is what's that? jaron jackson J- jaron jackson right in the top five of the steve like you you hit on you everyone know, they know who they are right like they know what their identity is like they could have easily had cap space last offseason but they parlayed it into like nine different trades and they got multiple seconds and it freed up some money for other things here um and they're only going to get better i think you know i think it's going to be fascinating because there's a difference of being you know, the, the eight seed and playing Utah and having a, you know, Hey, we stole a game, right? We got a good feeling now, man. Now you're going to be the two or three seed. You are, you got a target on your back, man. There are expectations, like losing in the first round in seven games is not, I don't want to hear, well, it was great experience, you know, to be in a position like, no, like your window is open. It's only going to stay open for so long, but, um, what Memphis has been able to do is, is I think it's one of the great builds as far as organically, how they, you know, they didn't cheat the system. They didn't go out and, you know, you know, pay a guy, you know, uh, from another team, $40 million. And um, so I think, I think Memphis is, um, I think what they've been able to do is pretty neat. I think it would be interesting. You know, I mean, there's not much more to do except just kind of, I say, put the cake in the oven and let it bake a little bit, but, they, they check all the boxes, you know. Um, with their younger players, they've got veterans, they've got cap flexibility, they got a ton of draft picks from other teams and 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 their own. So um, they're they're a fun uh, they're a fun story.
0: So if you were to project with Memphis, because I always like to say, if you got this team that's growing and trending in the right direction, you kind of got to project out if they're going to be good enough at their peak ceiling, if everybody reached their full potential, if they're a real championship contender. Like I look at it. I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. has that high of a ceiling. Yeah. Desmond Bain, I think maybe a C.J. McCollum type, um, maybe a borderline All-Star. I think he can make an All-Star game or two, but I think they're a conference finals max with the roster they have. Would you agree to that? Or
2: I do. I think it's going to be interesting when this game slows down because it does in the playoffs. I mean, it's just the reality of it. Um, I saw it in New Jersey firsthand. I mean, we were this up-and-down team Back in you know with Jason Kidd, and then when it gets to a, a, a grind in the half court, things change. So who's who's your other who's another guy besides Job? Like who's your another who who's another closer on your team? Right? Well, they, like that's, they
0: got the direction like Phoenix was going, but then they added Chris Paul to make him
1: yeah. that contender. Well, they also need shooting. Memphis needs some shooting to well, bail them out at we- some points if they don't have that bona fide number two guy.
2: Yeah, I mean that's why I thought when um, if if Boston was going to and they've had a great turnaround also like you know Jalen Brown right like push your chips to the middle in the offseason. that would be a great name to put with they've got all the the pieces to do it I don't think you know Brown will be will be in play but that's like that's going to be the interesting thing is if they lose in the in the second round and and some of the things we're talking about right right now resurface is like do you go out and I don't know who that guy is right now because. We don't see that disgruntled, you know, all-star out there, um, you know, finding in that next piece. And it's it's hard. I mean, I, I said it last year when the Knicks um and Memphis is certainly ahead of where New York is. When New York lost and had a good year and lost to Atlanta in the first round, it's like, like, how do you go from good to great? Mm-hmm. Right? Like it is hard, man, going into that, getting into that next level where Phoenix is or where you know, we'll see what happens in the East with some of these teams that are kind of clumped together, but where, you know, we're a Western conference finals or an NBA finals. It's hard. You got to get a little lucky to get, you know, to get to that step.
1: I also think a, a team like Utah has had difficulty doing that despite having a Gobert and a Donovan Mitchell and adding a Mike Conley, they still haven't been able to take that jump from, Hey, we're pretty good to, Hey, we are contenders. I mean, even when they were in theory, a contender, they didn't prove to be last season. Right. So it's tricky. Threading that needle is, is incredibly tricky. So But
0: I think it's like, opening for I think it's opening for Utah this year. I really do. I mean not just Utah.
1: Not just Utah.
0: I'm saying everybody. It depends how good Chris Paul gets.
1: I think you know Memphis if he's better, still I injured. Think, I think Phoenix is better. I think Memphis is better. I think the no, is better. Well, I, I, agree picked go, I picked Utah
2: to I picked Utah of the West to get to the finals. Yeah. Um how you, still I'm sure he Can are you feeling about that pick, Bobby? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I'm big on con- the continuity factor. I thought that, um, you know, certainly they've had, they've had some injuries too, but I just thought you kind of bring back the same group. And then when you add, um, Rudy gay and, and, uh, Whiteside, you know, to that mix, it kind of addresses some, some things from your bench here. I think, um, you know, I think Conley has got to be right. I mean, Mike Conley has got to be healthy and he's got to be right. Like he can't be just an average point guard in the playoffs. Um, I think that's going to be a big, um, a big thing. And it's going to be interesting. Like, you know, they're like, we're trending towards probably a Utah Dallas first round, right? Like there's a lot of pressure on both teams there. Like Dallas hasn't been able to get out in two, I think two years in a row. Right. Utah can't get past the second round. Dallas
1: hasn't gotten out since they won it all. That's right. I'm not mistaken.
2: Yes, you are correct. Um, And I mean, both teams, you know, you know, What's waiting them is probably Phoenix, right? So, you know that will be a, ch- a challenge in itself. But um, yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting as far as what the fallout in Utah would be, as as far as if this team doesn't get out of a first or even a second round.
0: So outside of the Phoenixes and the Memphis, um, well, was Zach,
1: you you, uh, you hijacked me though. I, oh, sorry, were go f- for focusing it. Focusing on young cores.
0: Yeah, go for. No, that's what I was about to ask. But go for
1: it. What yeah, do you so, want? So, to... so we discussed Houston at length, but. Um, what are some other teams in the mix in in the league that have young cores that you're kind of keeping an eye out for? OKC, I don't know, Indiana, you could maybe consider Sacramento and Buddy, uh, not Buddy Hill Sabonis and Fox or just who's on your radar? Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, I think um OKC is interesting with um Gildress Alexander and and you know and Giddy. Um, you know, that they'll add a couple more, you know, they've got all these draft picks here to to add um, you know, to add to that. I think Atlanta is a fascinating for me, you know, like you know, with, you know, with Trey and, and, uh, there's another yeah, team, by the way, in, in, with the discussion of getting good and then, yeah, fumbling it. Well, that, I mean, that, and, you know, and in, in Travis Schlanter GM, you know, basically was on record saying, like, well, maybe I didn't do the right thing. You know, you get to an Eastern Conference finals, you're a couple of games away from the NBA finals, and you dole out, you know, $300 million in contracts to Young, herder, um, John Collins, Capella you know, that, that group there. And um, that's going to, you know, you have DeAndre Hunter now up for an extension, right? That's another thing there is as far as, you know um, you could be a luxury tax team. Uh, I always said that owners are willing to pay the tax, but not if you're a playing team or (laughs) losing the first round. Like, so how do you view the Hawks? Is there, is there still upside um, upside to this roster? I think there is, I think there's, the injuries have certainly, Played a big role in it, but you know defensively they went from, you know, in the teens. I think from an efficiency standpoint, now they're in the bottom three or bottom four. It's um, you know that's a little bit disturbing. So I think that's another team that's got all their guys got paid right. Like it's different when you're making eight nine million dollars and you're on these rookie contracts, and now you're you got your money, you got your so, you know what's going to be next there.
0: So OKC, would you? What what would you do with Shea Yelgis you know, alexander Because I personally think, like, the dude's experienced success his rookie year with the, the Clippers. I mean, he's made the playoffs right away, and then he did it again when he got to OKC with Chris Paul. Um, you have all these picks. I don't think the guy's going to want to sit on a terrible team another two years. I think you got to somehow get, like, even just a marginal move like a Miles Turner to help getting some winning pieces around there. I'm not saying go spend a lot of money by any means, but I'm just talking coherent basketball players, not the pokus of this world trying to hit on these gems out of nowhere, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting too because they'll be going into year 3 of this process, right? Like, you know, we've seen last year, this year, um, <clears throat> you know, and then they go into, you know, they go into You know, they had such a great stretch of playoff teams, and now we're into three year three of this rebuild, right? And what do you have to show for it so far? As far as, yeah, you've seen some good minutes from Trey Mann. We talked about Gilgis Alexander, Giddy. Like, eventually, it's got, you've got to turn the corner a little bit here, right? You can't be, you know, 25 and 57 for the next five years, or we'll be talking to you like Sacramento. I mean, that's just the reality of it, but they've got things that can get them better. Like they've got all these, they've got what 19 first round picks in the next seven years, including the potential of what three or four um, this year. They've, you know, for them, I think drafting in the top three or top four this year matters. I think, you know, I think, you know, Sam Prensi is is one of the best at identifying talent, but can you find a guy in if you're sitting at six or seven again this year, like that's, that's going to be the challenge there. And and they found, you know, you're, they're tr- basically trying to follow the blueprint of, you know, Durant, Harden, Westbrook, Ibaka, you know, that g- core where you basically grew it um, you grew it organically. The, the hard part is, is that you're going to be going into year one of the Gilders Alexander extension. Right. So now you, you know, like th- they have a position to for when the season starts ends, to June 30th, they've got like $32 million in cap space, right? To go out and and use it on on something as far as either play or, you know, take back draft picks or do something there. Once July 1 kicks around, like that goes away because Gilgis Alexander now comes in at like 30 million and this fun team that all, all these trade exceptions and cap space and like, it's not there anymore, right? So now they're just like everybody else, but with a lot of a lot of draft picks. And I just think like, like, I, I don't see it in their nature where they're going to go out and trade, you know, three first round picks for Bradley Beal. Like, I, I don't see, that's not, you know, the aggressive side. So you're, we're basically, we're kind of in this, this waiting period where you better hope you draft, right. And you hope you, you better hope you develop. But on the other end, as you said, you, now you've got, instead of a guy in a rookie contract in Gildress Alexander, now you got a guy in a $30 million per year contract. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that's tough. So what would you re- prefer um, to be in that situation, or would you rather be in like Atlanta situation where you got guys that have experienced success, but they're not happy the second year, it seems. I mean, and they're all just trying I, to grind out wins here and there.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Atlanta, I mean, because you, I think you've you've seen what it, what it could be from a, from a year ago, you know, what, going through that playoff, you know, run. And I know, you know, uh, you know, with Philly and, you know, certainly with, with Milwaukee um, or do you want to grow it organically and basically, you know, have your imprints, you know, the the Atlanta team is basically a kind of a win now team with three or four players under 25. You know, I think there's still some, I think there's some upside. I think there's still some flexibility as far as movable parts there. And, um, you know, you're in every game, you know, you, you know, you're a top you know, you're going to be at a, the worst a, a playing team here, where you're or you're in Oklahoma City, and you're just kind of waiting, right? Like you just don't know when that, you know, when the alarm is going to go off. When you know you are one of these teams in the, you know, top
1: eight teams in the Western Conference. Bobby, All NBA rookie, uh, for rookie first team, all rookie first team. Sorry, who you got?
2: Well, I mean, I think. When you look at it, I'm gonna just go through the, um, Mobley, Green, uh, Cunningham, um, Barnes. I don't think I'm not and and uh, and um, Franz Wagner in Orlando. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I Jaylen, think that's what it is
0: too. Jalen Green though for sure.
2: Yeah, I think I mean I he, he's been he's been really good. You know, I mean, he's, he's had a really good February. You know, I think I would, uh, I would, def- I think the the five guys, you know, those five guys there would be my guys.
0: I mean, the, the other guys you could say, I mean, Josh Giddey in the mix. I mean, yeah. you could say uh, Shane Goon in the mix. I mean, just, I mean, yeah, minutes wise is going to be a factor there, but um, I really
1: the like fans would have you believe
2: that Herb Jones should be there. Well, he might. You know, it's funny. He might earn first team all defense and not first team all rookie. Yeah. You right. know. I mean. Yeah. It's I mean, so I think... hard
0: for me to put a bad player on all D. De- I I mean, a bad player, a bad team, um, guy on
2: all defense. He. I tell you what, though, I saw he him. Um, I saw him in uh, in person. I was there when they played Utah a couple weeks ago, and he is just so active. Uh, you know, and just another thing too. Like we we started this with the draft, and I was like, I I want to like go on the roof and shout on the top of my lungs, like it's okay to drive 22 and 23 year olds. Right. (laughs) Like, it's okay. Like I get it. Like when you're picking up top and you, the upside appeal is there and you know, like, but you know, sometimes if you're in the twenties, you can grab these guys. You don't have to wait until the second round. The kid in, you know, Iowa in Chicago, right? Like a season. I was going to say he's got to be in the mix. Yeah, quality, you know, quality backup point guard, but he goes goes to pick thirty-eight in, in in Chicago. So, um, you know, but I think um, you know, I think all rookie will be interesting. I think all NBA is gonna be interesting. I mean, that's gonna be, you know, a, you know, a steel cage match as far as you know who who winds up on um you know each
1: position there. Do You think all me. NBA should be positionless? I do. Yeah. I, if, I I was, if I was
2: I don't have a vote. And uh, why is that? I I just don't like, I I like, I'm a people pleaser. Like, I don't want like the wrath of like, uh, you know, agents and, and players. And like, so I'm kind of neutral. I'm like Switzerland here. But (laughs) if I was, if I was voting for all NBA, this is what I would do. I would vote Ja Jokic as a guard. Okay, Giannis, um, LeBron, and Embiid. I just
0: can't put LeBron on first team this year. I I'm okay with second or third, but like for me, it's whether whether he's leading the league in points or not. I mean, a lot of those points have come in some terrible, terrible minutes and blowouts. But games played is the like. I'm a huge proponent of games played, and I mean, yeah, it, if you're 66 games and um you're an an all-time great player and you've done it year over year yeah that's fine but like lebron's played 54 games and there's been enough great players to substitute him. sometimes it's just not your year
1: Could you entertain tatum over lebron absolutely i would yeah Yeah. thank you oh i think so
2: yeah games played is big for me too
1: yeah, I, um, I
2: think I think so. I mean, I think how do guys get their due if they don't, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you'd make a good case for Durant, but I don't think he's at the games played either, right? Yeah, like, no, I you think, think four, Kevin, something. Yeah, I mean, Kevin is, you know, Kevin LeBron, I mean, they're two of the best player, right? But and that's gonna be like, you know, like um when we talk MVP too, like, you know, games played I think means something. I think being on a team that wins means something. Like, but the the crazy part is always like there's no like it's not like the league gives us a book and says, all right, these are the criteria you have to check off, right? Like everybody is voting differently based on their own beliefs or how they do it or the eye it's based on some people rely heavily on analytics, some people it's the eye test, right? It's just kind of what you or what you see, and I think all MBA is you know fascinating just because there's such a domino effect on you know financially, there's a domino effect this this year, what happens like Carl Anthony towns is basically relying on Embiid and Jokic to go be first team. Yes. Right. Like forward center. So now that opens up a spot for him. Um, you know,
0: but he's a lot to me on the third team. I at think least. so. Yeah. Still, I Barrett's think so. played 50 some games and come on. You just watch, watch those two play. It, Cat's been so dominant this year. Like I I, I think he
2: will. I, I think he will. And I think uh DeRozan's gonna be, you know, int- I mean, this team's struggled. I mean, we're we're taping this pot on a on a Tuesday and they're getting their doors blown off. And uh, I think I saw a stat they're like own own fifteen against teams, yep. the top three teams in each conference. Like, man, this team is gonna be you they're trending towards a they're at five right now and they're it's sad. They were such game. a good story for a little <laughs> bit. There'll be two games out of the playing, you know, and, um, and I think DeRozan will be second or third team. I think probably second, maybe. Um, I think Booker certainly um, will be up there. Another guy that's uh, um, Supermax extension eligible. But here's uh, a question
1: for you. Here's a question for you. And I think Booker doesn't get enough love, by the way, even for all-star voting and all that. I got him uh, six right now. A guy, a guy playing at that level on the one seed by far on the best team record-wise in the league, usually usually gets a lot more consideration for, for all the awards. Um, based on what you just said, when I, when I raised DeMar DeRozan, you mentioned that they've been struggling. And I would ask, how much do you factor that or weight that versus the fact that he's been durable, unless I'm remembering that incorrectly, and the fact that his team's performing better than someone like LeBron, who's played less on a worse team? Yeah, I mean, is, is DeMar struggling or is the team struggling? Right. Like Both. I think that, yeah. I mean,
2: I think that, but I also think that we have to look at it over the court. And I think what happens too, is that we get to this point of the year and people like, we forget about what happened the first 50 games. Uh-huh. Like we, like, we just like all of a sudden it's just like, all of a sudden everyone starts watching basketball. It's like, like, I feel like that's like with the all-star voting, right? Like, well, did you watch the guy in the first 30 games? I'm just thrown out. Like he was terrible, you know, mm-hmm. like, like why are we ha- why are we seeing the all star game here? And I think um, I think Demar I think I think the the team playing poorly as of late. Um, I think that will weigh with people. Uh, I th- I still think he'll be on probably second or third um, thirteen, but we're not talking about him in the MVP conversation anymore. Not anymore. I mean, his name was hot for a while. Like you know, I hear everyone, oh, he's the top three. You know, he had that stretch of you know uh, game winning baskets. He's still a heck of a a heck of a player, but, um, I think he's probably more towards, you know, probably second or third team.
0: Let me ask you this. Um, I'm just going to say between Joel Embiid and Jokic, I think they're about equal as players. I really do. I think they're as close as they get with one game at their absolute peak. I do think Jokic makes players better around him more than Embiid does there. He's like one of literally five players in the league that does make players Better around them all the time, and I personally think that eight games that they that separates them of games played that's the deciding factor for me. Yes, only two players in the history or in the last fifty years of the MVP race um, have finished below a four seed, and so Jokic is in the seventh seed right now. It's so hard to give it to him, so that almost makes up a little bit of that eight games missed for me, but. When you got players that close, I mean, you're, you're splitting hairs here at all costs.
1: I, I just, am vehemently against handing out the MVP to a seven seed. Six here, of them is absurd.
0: Here's my last argument for it is, Look Westbrook at the- got it that one year, right? Were they exactly? He was a were six, they- he,
1: he six. did, Bobby, and you could imagine how I felt about that. But
0: <laughs> no, Harden deserved it that year, and so did like Kawhi or somebody. But
1: they were like 45 and 37, the yeah. Thunder were come on. But here's it was post, my last, it was post argument. KD, right? It was one when, when Kevin left the following year, yeah.
0: My last argument 16, for sixteen, seventeen, yeah, for Joker is how do you evaluate that talent around him? Because I look at it, and yes, it's they're good fitting pieces, okay? They got. Decent role players. They're not terrible players, but the best player is Aaron Gordon right now, outside of him. And he's not even a top 70, barely a top 80 guy in this league. I look at Tyrese Max. He's a borderline All-Star right now. Tobias Harris? Come on. Like
2: Oh, the supporting happens. no, the supporting cast in Philadelphia is better based that on matters the, to me. the 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 based on the injuries in Denver. You know, with no Murray, no Porter. Yeah. Um I I saw them last Wednesday in Washington. Um, and I think it's funny that people, you know, whenever you put out, throw out it, something about, about him, people always say, well, he's always, he's one dimensional. I'm like, oh, he's got a lot him. better defensively. I watched him on defense. Like he competes, like, you know, like is he, he's, uh, he's the perfect a times this year. Yeah. Is he the perfect, you know, defense? no, but like him on offense, it's like, it's like going to the opera, man. Like, it, it, I mean, it's just like, it's beautiful. And you had, I think there was at one point in the game, you had Bryn Forbes, Austin Rivers, um, Gordon and Bones, I think were out there. I think they won like all guards and he was the only big. And you're looking at like, and they're up like 20. And he's got like 28, eight and eight. Like, man, like, you know, I don't think people just, I don't think people appreciate him enough. I I, re- I really don't based on, you know he looks he's a set, almost a seven footer that looks like he's out of shape but he's not, but he's just so effortless and I think he makes everybody around him. I mean, if they had someone else on their team, if if Jokic wasn't that team would be like unreal, like fifteen and sixty right now or something like that. You know, <laughs> I mean. He just, so I, yeah, I mean, the, the, the MVP debate is, it's, it's going to be uh, interesting as far as it's, it's basic. It's going to be on preference. Like, like I, I, you know, Jason Kidd in 2000 um, 2002 finished second to Tim Duncan. Um, and Jason was like Jokic.
0: Right. That's a great comparison.
2: You know, like, I mean, we had maybe we had, I don't want my friend Richard Jefferson to be mad. I mean, but you know Richard and Kenyon in that group. Yeah. I mean, the talent was a little bit better, but like he elevated these guys. Like, so I don't know what the criteria is for MVP. Is it the, be- is it Everybody's the best got player? The is it the most valuable player to your team? It's like the same thing with like, like we're going to like all of a sudden, I think it's fine. Like well, coach, I'm, I know I'm changing the subject a little bit, but like coach of the year, right? Like different. Criteria. I see pe- yeah. I see people like, man, like, um, Eric Spolcher has got to be one of the front runners for, for coach of the year or uh, Taylor Jenkins and Memphis <laughs> gotta be the front runner or something. And I'm thinking like, well, does anyone watch what Monty Williams is doing in Phoenix? Like we, like, we just, we just, because you have a team that went to the conference fi- uh, NBA finals, like, like all of a sudden we should eliminate them because these other teams are, weren't pre- or predicted to, or they were predicted to go, you know, in, as a six seed and now they're the two seed, Like, like, so I don't know what the criteria is for um, for any of these here. And I think that's probably why there's so much of a debate when the, the it comes out and then we find out who voted for who. <laughs> and, and you know, there are some people who watch more Celtics games or yeah. watch more jazz games or watch more Rockets game, and they're maybe they're a little bit more biased towards that player.
1: Yeah, Monty Williams should have won it last year, to yeah. be honest with you. And I don't know why he didn't. I guess well, people-
2: that's the thing. Like, so if we're gonna go buy off that feel good. Right,
1: then like, you give it to the Knicks, yeah,
2: yeah, or the Sun. I mean, money had every right, just based on, I mean, shoot, that team hadn't gone to the playoffs in whatever twelve years, mm-hmm. and you basically come in and you get a you know you get um you know you get the Chris Paul trade and everything, and you turn around that that season here, and I don't know if he, I hopefully he gets it this year, but I mean, I could see one of the 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 voters looking at you know uh, Ime Odoka in Boston and be like. Hey, you know, 25 and four in the last 29. But then they forget about his start to the year. Well, that's the thing. You got to be right? accountable for that too. You well, know? All,
1: all of the awards in the NBA are narrative driven or they yeah, seem to sure. be. And, and I, I think it's a problem. I think it really pisses fans off. And also when you look, when you look at it in retrospect, you kind of like we're doing now, you're just sitting there like, how did that happen? Why? did Well,
2: that I mean, here, here's the thing, like, and the league would never do it is like, maybe we have a committee of 20 people. Right? And that's their sole job, right? As far as they are the, they are on the selection committee. And they're the ones watching the eighty two games. And we're not I, relying on a radio guy in Sacramento to vote for um, all NBA. Come on. Right. Only I mean, watches think, Sacramento's I think, games. I think part of it is too there's too many people that have a vote. I mean, I think that's I think that's I like part, that. I, I think that's just part of it the into- too
1: it becomes an issue of groupthink, right? People are like, oh, I think the, the consensus is this, so I'm going to go with the consensus, you know? Um, Westbrook, when he won it that year, the triple-double thing was, it was like, oh my God, the triple-double thing. And then he does it again and no one cares, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he hit he hit that crazy game winner against the Nuggets in the midst of the triple-double barrage. And when he hit that, as a Rockets fan, we all knew, we were like, okay, that's the, that's the moment. Well, he just and then the, the other NBA. thing
2: too is what happens is, is that and we saw it two years ago when Giannis, when Milwaukee lost in the bubble in the um, second second round, right to Miami. Like it's, the MVP is the is a, is a regular season award, correct? Right? Like it's not what you do in the playoffs. So when Giannis loses in the second round, I know he got hurt in that series. Like everyone's like, well, he's not the MVP. Well, wait a minute, like it's not what you did in the, and there's a separate award for, for that. And if we're going to judge that, then maybe we hold off on MVP voting and wait until the playoffs are over. And then we just do with that. But then, you know, guys, you know, who lose early could get and had a great 82 games pays a penalty for that. But, um, but yeah, it's, you know, we're going to go through and, and we're going to go and Jason Tatum was right. I mean, he had a great point. He was on JJ Reddick's podcast. And yeah. He, I yeah, I mean, he lost $36 million because of it. But don't blame the media because it's a collectively bargained rule as far as sure. as as far as all NBA and it can bump up your salary 30, 30% here. I think if you're going to blame the media, blame it on the process, right? Blame it on, as I we talked about, maybe there's too many people that have a say in this.
0: No, I appreciate that. And I, I do agree. I like the committee idea for sure. Um, so we've gone the distance. Yeah. I appreciate you going deep with us here. And, uh, I got two quick hitters for you and we'll get you out of here. The first one, um, being, we we're just talking about MVP, pick one, Jokic or Embiid for the rest of their career.
2: Jokic. Love it. I think he's more durable. Uh, Embiid scares me. I know he's been healthy since everything that happened in his first couple of years, but, um, I just think, I just think Jokic from a durability standpoint, like I I, I sleep I would sleep better at night if Jokic is on my roster, and um, Embiid would would probably keep me up a little bit.
0: I probably would agree.
2: To... Isn't Embiid like twenty eight?
0: Yes, he is twenty. Old Joker,
1: twenty six. That also that also factors in for me. Twenty six yeah. is still like he's about to hit uh,
0: twenty seven to twenty eight.
1: Okay, so he's he's. He has just scratched the surface of his athletic prime.
0: Yep. MB just turned 28 young 28. <laughs> so my, my other one, Bobby was Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley.
2: Oh man. I certainly like what Cade has been doing since the all-star break. Um, You're also allowed to pick Jalen green. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't I even take him. I didn't him. have that third option. Um, I'm probably going to take Cade. Uh, I mean, I really do like Mobley though, um, but I just like, Easier to build around, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think he is. I think he is a little bit easier to 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 build around. Um, versatile as heck. Um, you know, I think um, I think Mobley will be a really good um, player. I think Cunningham could be really special.
0: Love it. And now, lastly, I know I said only two, but Marist is where you graduated. Same conference as St. Peter's, correct?
2: That's that's right. <laughs> so, how much of a chance do they have? Oh, they got a heck of a chance. I thought you were going to ask me, well, when are we going to see Maris in the tournament? I was like, no, well, no, no never. Um, I think, Shane, I, I, you know, you watch them. Um, and I grew, up, um, I grew up a Seton Hall fan. Um, so I saw Shaheen play at Seton Hall back when he was awesome running guy. point guard. And they've got great guard play. The sets he runs are incredible, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, almost like a Princeton offense a little bit here. They make free throws down the stretch um size might hurt them against um Purdue. Um I think they have it. I think they have a shot. I mean, I think yeah, they yeah. Have, I think they have as good a shot as any of these you know Florida Gulf Coast from you know way back when or um who was it last year? Or Roberts I think. Yep. Um I I think they I think they have a um I think they have a, I don't think they can they mean they're, as it Sheen said they're all Jersey and New York kids. They don't I mean you know, they're I not got really, swag. yeah, they're not afraid of that, the, the moment. So I think they have a chance. Love
1: it. All right. Well, on that note, Bobby, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much. And we'll wrap this up. We will get this out most likely next week. So we'll shoot it over when we do. Um, and I got a question for you when we get off real quick, if you're available. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, if there's anything you want to plug, go for it. And if not, we'll wrap this baby up. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Really appreciate it, Bobby. It was a really fun show. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys.